Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Pastor Chase bringing you the devotion for Saturday, August 22nd. And I'm going to be bringing you the devotions the next three Saturdays. And so what I want to do is kind of do like a mini series uh, called Mic Drop. And what we're going to do is focus on definitive statements from Christ. And if you're not familiar with what a mic drop statement is, usually a mic drop statement is um, the last line or sentence or phrase that someone says is an argument where there's no comeback. Um, if you're doing like a joke or rap battle, it's the very the last line that makes everyone go, oh, I can't believe that just happened. Oh, and there's really no coming back from that. Uh, we're going to have some fun with this. And and I've done this series with the students, and I just wanted to share these truths with you. Um, this is a, a series called Mic Drop, and we're going to look at probably the most profound mic drop statement. And these are all from Jesus. These are all from Christ. We're going to see in the Gospels. But the most profound mic drop statement, the one that I think means the most to us, we're going to read here in John. Um, this is a statement that we see that's on the cross, and it is, it is finished. This is in John 19, 25 through 30. I'm going to read this. If you have your Bibles, John 19, 25 through 30, it's when Jesus says it is finished. That is the most profound mic drop statement ever. Here we go. We're going to read this. Uh, Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. This mic drop statement changes the course of history. It serves really as the climax of the entire Bible, of the Gospels, of Jesus' life, the culmination of, of really God's plan with, with Jesus here on the cross, giving up his spirit. Jesus, when he says it is finished, is speaking to multiple fronts here. I'm going to do my best to kind of dive deep and into the statement to maybe paint a brighter picture and maybe fully illuminate better really what that it is finished statement means. And and the first really thing that, that it means that it is finished, and Jesus says this mic drop statement here, is it is finished humanity's battle over sin. Uh, it, it's one that, that we hear the most preached often, hopefully. Um, the most popular taught is that there is a remedy for the sin in our hearts and in this world. And I want to point you to a little bit earlier in John, John 3, 16, 17. It says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is the first memory verse often taught in Sunday schools, if there still are Sunday schools. Um, one of the more popular verses in all of Scripture, um, it at its most fundamental level, um, answers some of the most basic questions that we have about life. Why is there evil in the world? And how do we avoid it? What is the? How do we fix that? What's God going to do about it? Um, and it addresses this problem introduced to us way back in Genesis three with Adam and Eve and sin in Genesis. 
um, where even in Genesis 3, God had a plan to deal with this sin. This is what God tells the serpent. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. That's Genesis 3.15. It's called the Proto-Evangelum. The moment sin entered our hearts and entered this world, God had a plan. And that was culminating in the life of Jesus Christ here on the cross. And when Jesus says, it is finished, when he drops that mic and says, it is finished, he's speaking to humanity's battle over sin. Hebrews uh, does an incredible job of explaining how Christ was the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And if you're interested more in kind of this whole concept, I would really challenge you guys to read Hebrews. Um, it, it's fascinating, especially in light of the Old Testament temple and its sacrificial system and its priestly order. Um, it's a fascinating read. But Jesus, when he died on the cross, acts as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Collective and individual fulfills not only the Purdue Evangelum that we just read in Genesis, uh, but also when he dies on the cross, he fulfills over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament alone. Jesus died on the cross for us. He bore our shame, our guilt, so we no, lo no longer have to, have to bear it. He paid our ransom, and now because of his death and resurrection, for those who believe and accept, we stand before God unblemished and made whole. It is finished, our battle over sin. And, and this whole it is finished concept, this, this phrase really um, in the original Greek is, is this one word. Um, and it's a word that you would use uh, once a bill has been paid, when the final payment has been made. And this whole concept of sin as debt kind of comes to fruition and comes to the forefront here. Um, it, it's really nothing new. Um, the Lord's Prayer, Matthew six twelve, forgive us our debts, right? If you're following along at home. Uh, even Luke 7, the parable of the debts, um, two people owed money to, this is Luke 7, 41, two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Jesus is saying that to explain this concept of sin and forgiveness. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. Jesus says, it is finished. The bill is complete and full. Everything is paid. It's it's like our confirmation number over sin. You guys ever paid a bill online and they say, you have a pen and paper ready to take this confirmation number down? That is, uh, this is our confirmation number. It is finished. Jesus is wiping away our sin, making us righteous and clean before God. Um, all we have to do is accept this free gift, this free work for us. When Jesus said, it is finished, he's speaking to firstly, our sin. And secondly, and this is why I love scripture, because it's so deep and it's so alive. Jesus is speaking to me and you by saying it is finished, but he's also speaking to Mary um, and, and to Mary's uh, narrative in, in the gospel, her role. We know Mary as the mother of Jesus, and she is here, as we read in John 19 at the foot of the cross. But Mary plays an important role in the gospel of John. It starts with the miracle of, of water into wine in John 2 at the wedding at Cana in Galilee. Um, and, and then Jesus says, it, it's, it's not my time, woman. It's not my time to, to perform these miracles. It's not my time to have my glory be revealed. Um, but Jesus performed those miracles anyway. But now, church, now at the cross is Jesus's time for his glory to be fully revealed. The imagery here is stunning, especially as a mother who could only look on with her son who's dying in agony and shame and pain, suffering with every blow 
her son indoors. Um, Mary is helpless and hurting, and I can't imagine what she is going through. Jesus has compassion on his mother and assures her that everything is going to be okay. Mary, here is your son. John, here is your mother. Verse 27 tells us that from that day on, John welcomed Mary into his home. You know, we didn't really hear about Mary again in the Gospels, uh, but the parallels and symbolism here are beautiful. This also finishes, it is finished, Mary's narrative and John. And and, and thirdly, one of the low-key themes of, of John is this um, image of water. And, and it is finished is speaking to this whole water flow. So I want you to stick with me. This is really, really cool. Um, we, we just talked about John 2, water into wine. But also in John 4, Jesus calls, he says he's the living water and discussing with the Samaritan woman at the well, right? John 6, those who believe in me will never hunger or thirst again. John 7, this is available to anyone who comes to him, this, this, this eternal life, this living water. Jesus is trying to paint a picture here um, throughout John. And the finishing touches are here on the cross where he says, I am thirsty. Listeners who uh, were listening to this passage be read aloud, um, readers who read this passage, this might be like a record scratching moment for them, kind of like, wait, what is, what did you say? He's thirsty? Did he just say that um, he, the water that never runs dry, that he can save others but not himself, that he had, that he was the water of life? How could this run out? How could Jesus be thirsty? Jesus, listen, this is, Oh my gosh, Jesus had to come to a place where everyone else is, where we are, a place of thirst, a place of shame, and a place of death to be glorified. Listen to this. The, the drink that the soldiers gave Jesus, right, was this low-grade sour wine, like the lowest rank of wine the soldiers drank, this really nasty stuff. Um, it was the drinks left over in uh, the coolers on the 4th of July weekend that no one wanted. Or it's the uh, like the, the um, second hand wash of all these. It's just like the nastiest drink you could think of. Um, this is what this is what he had. The, the cheapest drink he could receive. It wasn't one to brag about. Um, and you compare that to the wine that Jesus, you know, uh, created in John 2. The choice wine, the best wine. Um, wine so good others remarked on it. Um, that's what Jesus gave others. So listen, Jesus gives us his best and, and takes on our worst. John ends the life of Christ with this sentiment for a drink. Yes, to fulfill scripture as Psalm 69 says, they will put gall on my food and give me vinegar for my thirst, but also to paint this beautiful picture of the humanity of Christ and his nature. Jesus gives us his best and takes on our worst. So as we look at over these next few Saturdays, these mic drop statements, I want to start with the very first one, one of the most important ones that sets the course and the tone for all of the gospel, all of humanity, the climax of all creation, Jesus on the cross, breathing his last breath, saying, it is finished. May we take those words and those promises in our hearts, and may you guys be blessed the rest of this weekend. See you guys very soon on Sunday morning. Thanks.